Hey friends, welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. So as many of you know, my husband and I, as we continue to lead the Celebrate Recovery ministry locally, we see a lot of marriages in crisis every single week. Many spouses coming through those doors hoping that the other person will find help and change. And what they often discover, as we did in our own marriage, is that they have enough issues of their own to work on. There is just so much freedom and honestly power in taking the focus off fixing your spouse or anybody else for that matter, and instead looking at your own heart, your behaviors, and your own habits. Today I have my amazing husband back on the show, and we're going to talk about this important topic of marriage today. So Josh, welcome back to the show, and we're so glad to have you here. Thanks for having me back, hon. I'm glad to be back. I feel really important being on your show again, but then I started thinking maybe you just didn't have anybody better to come on the show. Is that what happened? No, no, of course not. (laughs) Well, it's an interesting and important topic you're talking about today, so I look forward to uh, our conversation. Yes, yes, me too, and I definitely know that this is really needed. Um, And really looking at our own marriage and recovery, I know for me that I didn't think I really needed help, or at least not recovery. I mean, I didn't struggle with drugs or alcohol, and if you would and if you would have just stopped certain behaviors in my mind, then our marriage would be better, right? So I was heaping all of this expectation and pressure really on you and that motivation was for you to do it for me. And I was using shame to motivate. So Josh, thinking back to that time, right before you decided enough was enough for yourself and you went for treatment, how did me placing all those expectations and just that kind of shame and and blame treatment, how did that impact you? Well, before I entered treatment, I really only wanted one thing and that was just to feel better. I mean, that was the bottom line for my using is just to feel better. And some of your expectations I used as justification to continue using and, and, and feeding into my addiction, whether that be your expectation, you know, some of the, some of your expectations were justified, you know, to be trustworthy and things along that line. But then other things like being a spiritual leader, um, things that I thought I could never live up to just kept me in the cycle of self-defeating thoughts where if I can't live up to your expectations, then in, in essence, screw it. I'm just going to continue on doing uh, my own thing. And so I really didn't care. I got to the point where I didn't care about your expectations. Um, And even beyond that, I wanted to provoke you um, to anger so I could use that as justification for ultimately what I wanted. In the end, it was just a spiral that continued to, you know, um, I guess, de-escalate and circle the drain, basically. 
Right. Wow. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when I think back to that, that time, um, I can just see how, how frustrating, how much of a roller coaster it was, you know, for me. And then hearing you say that, you know, from your perspective too, like I was trying to use controlling behaviors of, you know, um, guilting you and shaming you into, um, getting you to do the things I wanted you to do and behave the ways that, that I wanted you to behave. And then, you know, like for you, there's no, there's no way that that's going to motivate you long-term. And, and so even, um, that was really interesting what you said, using, um, my anger uh, as, as, as an excuse. I think a lot of women listening to this, I hope you hear that ladies that, you know, often the, the things that you think you're doing to influence other people's behavior is all actually going to have the opposite effect, you know? So me getting after Josh about something, trying to change his behavior, um, he was internally using that as motivation to continue doing the things, you know, that, that he was doing that were the things that I was angry about. And so can you see how like we're chasing each other's tails there and there was really going to be no, um, resolution in our marriage if it were to continue to go the way that it was. Um, so really when he came home from treatment, um, you were honestly doing what I had thought I wanted you to do all along. You were clean and you were sober, you had accountability and you were attending meetings faithfully. And yet I was still feeling on edge and frustrated, even angry and, re and resentful. So when I decided that it was time for me to give it a try and try CR for myself, I discovered that I really had a lot of my own issues to work through. And I feel like, um, both of our motivations began to change. I was no longer doing things to control you and you were no longer trying to please me out of guilt and shame. How did me focusing on my own recovery impact you? Well, it's kind of funny. In recovery, there's a saying that it's a selfish program. And it's true that recovery is all about focusing on ourselves, but it's focusing on ourselves, God, and and then others. And what I've realized in kind of my own life and the lives of any of many others as I've worked with people in recovery, especially in CR, that as we work on ourselves, we move into a closer relationship with God and it puts us in a better relationship with others. And I think the natural question is why or how you might ask. Um, but as we move through recovery, we begin to see the equal sign between all of us. You know, I began to see other people as loved by God with their own hurts, habits, and hangups and issues. And instead of trying to wish them they were different or fix them, um, you know, we learned to give them to God and love them where they're at. And so I think our relationship itself was helped kind of twofold. Um, <clears throat> I no longer saw you as a problem, like your issues, um, the way you were, your personality, things like that as a problem that if made better, my life would automatically be made better. You know, no, through the, through recovery, I learned that nothing really happens by chance. And I took God at his word that we were meant to be married. And if this was true, then I would begin investing in it. And circling back to what you originally asked, um, with you working on your own issues, I think you came to a place that you no longer had expectations on me, not those expectations anyway that felt unattainable. Uh, I think focusing on your own issues gave you a better understanding and honestly compassion for, for me. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, I think, a lot, I think you spent a lot of time uh, thinking through and discovering 
about my addiction and and, and the insanity and the uh, unmanageability of of the certain things that I was dealing with. And I think that gave you a heart, you know, for me, because uh, you could understand, you know, you looked at your own life and felt there was things I can't in my own power change about myself. And Josh is the same. There are certain things he wishes were different, but couldn't on his own power change. And so I guess, you know, you focusing on you, me focusing on me, uh, on my issues, uh, you know, brought us into a better relationship. It's kind of amazing how it works, but it, 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 like we say, it works if you work it. Yeah, it's definitely, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think, um, some, sometimes people will, you know, will say sometimes in recovery, will encourage people to stay in their lane. And, and people have had issues with that maybe in the past, like, well, what do you mean we're married? How we're not supposed to stay in our lane when we're married. But I think, you know, how that applies so well here is exactly what you said, Josh. Like when I was quote unquote, just staying in my lane and really just focusing on the things that I really could control. Um, and that was myself and how I responded and my attitude. Um, and then, like you said, it, it, it really birthed like compassion in me for you because I was having a hard enough time controlling myself and my own, you know, bad habits or my own hangups and, um, and character flaws, character defects that I really did start to think things think about things differently with you, like, man, you know, and, and my, my struggles, um, too, I realized are easier to hide. They were inside struggles, anxiety, codependency, anger. Um, so I could, I could, um, I didn't have the outward behaviors that people maybe noticed or were easier to draw attention to. Um, and so I started just feeling a lot more compassion for you. And, and it was just beautiful as we both worked on our areas and we're staying in our lane, although that lane is drawing closer and closer to each other as we're, you know, being unified in Christ. Because ultimately the goal of recovery is surrendering to Christ, like just learning how to surrender your entire life, your will, everything to him and allow him to do um, the healing work in you. Um, so, you know, for that person listening today who feels stuck in their marriage right now, you know, often having to deal with the consequences of their spouse's behaviors. So there really was things that Josh and I did need to change. There really is behavior that needs to change. But I think the shift is that you are not the one that is going to change them. You are working on your own recovery while encouraging them. And, and, and then as they do their work and you're doing your work, you're encouraging each other. But what if my spouse doesn't cooperate? You know, so what if you're listening and, and this sounds great to you, but you're, you're thinking, you know, my husband or my wife is never going to agree to this or come with me. Um, or what if they don't think they even have a problem? And honestly, that's denial. Um, but then what's the point? You know, what's the point of me going? So why should I still pursue recovery for myself when I'm really hoping, what I'm really hoping for is to bring some healing to my marriage, to my relationship. So Josh, why would you say, regardless of the outcome, it would still be beneficial for someone to seek recovery for themselves? That's a great question. That's a, actually a beautiful question. And the thing I like about uh, specifically Celebrate Recovery is that, you know, no matter where we're at, no matter what hurt, habit, or hang up, this is why we say recovery is for everybody. Um, because if you do believe in a higher power and in Celebrate Recovery, we name our higher power, Jesus Christ. Well, he said in John 10, 10, that, you know, I've come to give life and give it abundantly, abundant life. He didn't say, except when, 
you're having marriage difficulties or or addiction issues and things like that. Uh, he wants all of us to experience that abundant life. And so we learn through the process of recovery how to get right with ourselves first, then with God, and then with others. And so we move into this place that despite what's going on in the world around us, we still have the peace that only he can offer. And and I know it sounds um, maybe idealistic, but if we take God at his word, I find that this is true. And I think it, I think for me personally, it played out with what happened to our son, Marcus, who ended up passing away, you know, from brain cancer. That was one of the hardest things I've ever had to endure. I still struggle with grief even now, but because of the process of recovery, I was in a right relationship, not a perfect relationship, a right relationship with God. And he was able to see me through that so that we still, I can still stand today. And so you can apply that to any situation. I mean, whether you're talking loss, grief, uh, marriage difficulties, addiction issues, working on your own recovery puts you in a place where you're no longer affected by the things, I shouldn't say no longer affected, but your um, happiness and joy, as the Bible would put it, is no longer affected by what's going on around you. And, so, and that's why our serenity prayer is so important. Um, there's a line in the serenity prayer that says, we trust trusting that he will make all things right if we surrender to his will. Why? So we can be reasonably happy in this life with the hope that we'll be supremely happy with him forever in the next. And so I could talk forever about this this issue, but that's why I'm so passionate about people seeking uh, recovery because it's, it's certainly an avenue to get close to God so that no matter what happens in this life, you know that your hope is anchored into something higher and you can have an abundant life here presently on earth. Yes. Oh man. All of that. Um, amen to that. I, I just feel like, um, I was going to say a lot of the same things, but you just said it so beautifully, honey, that, um, you know, really we don't get in when we're going into recovery we're we're hoping for an expected outcome and what you know Josh and I have learned is is that there's just too much uncertainty you know this side of heaven to really ever have an expected outcome and um and place your expectation in that but what the beauty of celebrate recovery like Josh just explained is just that you will be, no matter what the outcome is, no matter what your spouse chooses, if, if he or she chooses to come with you and get recovery, or maybe they start it and they don't finish it or they relapse and and you're continuing, it doesn't matter that when you're working this program and walking out these steps and growing closer in your relationship with Christ, um, no matter what the outcome is, you will be in a better place emotionally, spiritually, mentally to, to handle that outcome. And often in the world that we live in, we don't, we don't always get the ideal. We know it just doesn't always happen the way that we think things should happen. And there's just, like I said earlier, so much uncertainty that to me, it's very comforting to know that I now have tools that can help me in any situation. So Josh, speaking from your own experience, what would you say to the woman most likely listening, because that's majority of my listeners, um, who is feeling frustrated and angry, who honestly loves her husband and is committed, but is just tired of the toxic behaviors? Um, what would you encourage her to maybe do as her first steps? 
Well, I think the first thing I would say, if you're listening um, and you're going through uh, something like you just mentioned, is that uh, I'm so sorry for what you're having to go through right now. Um, But know this, that you are not alone. Uh, Jesus sees you. God sees you. And he loves you. But beyond that, I think I think the most important thing is to know that you are not alone. Um, there are other women who most likely are going through something, if not identical, very similar to what you're going through. And the Bible is full of what we call one another statements. And encourage us to uh, pray with one another, confess to one another. And so I, pr- I, I would encourage you to find another person, whether that's through CR or a support group. Find somebody else that's walking, that, that's walking the road or has walked that road um, ahead of you that can give you some, some sound advice. Um, and hopefully you can build in your life the process of boundaries to begin to protect yourself. Um, because the one thing that we certainly don't want for you is other people to impact you in an unhealthy way. And so a lot of that, um, a lot of your protection comes from healthy boundaries. And so hopefully that um, finding your one another can help you start to place those in your life. Um, but then in the end, trusting God when he says in Romans eight twenty eight that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. So while your life may not be ideal at this point in time, realize that there's a strong statement, but God, wait for wait on him. And I can't, like we talked about, can't promise you an outcome. I wish I could. Um, but unfortunately, we can't control other people's behavior. And, and God doesn't do that either. He, he doesn't come down and, and automatically just change people because we're not robots. We have free will. And so as long as we're at the mercy of other people's free will, then we have to focus on what we can. And, and that would be focusing on your relationship with God. And so, um, again, I, you know, my heart and prayer to the woman who's listening to this and that uh, needs that help, I pray you find it. I know certainly, Katie, you're always, you know, more than willing to talk with people and things like that. So I'm sure if they had questions, you'd be more than willing to step in and, and help them. Um, but, uh, that's, uh, I think that's from, a, from my perspective and what we've been through, I think, uh, I think that would be the best thing. And certainly I think you could speak more to that. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, you know, like Josh said, the one another's because, um, honestly, my personality is, um, I'm actually a lot, a very introverted person and, um, I don't like to, um, depend on other people. I'm, I'm very independent. And so that, that this was very hard for me initially. Um, I felt like I had to be this strong Christian woman who didn't show weakness or vulnerability and that that was my witness for Christ, that by just being perfect and, and showing the world I was strong and I could handle things that I was being an effective witness. But it was really when, I was um, let my guard down and was vulnerable and took the mask off and um, allowed 
community, allowed support, allowed people to come in in a safe place and and be able to really share from my heart. That's that's when the healing really began for me. Um, and so, I would what I would really encourage you is is to go to celebraterecovery.com and just type in your zip code and um, and it'll pull up all the meetings in your area and just check it out. You know, just go, we always tell people to go maybe four to six times minimum uh, before you make up your mind and it's free and most of them have childcare. Um, sometimes they have a meal, um, but it it's your, a great right next step for anybody if you're seeking change um, in your life right now. And and I would just encourage you as well, um, don't wait for someone else to decide for you. So um, you never know how your courage could in- inspire your spouse. So even if they're not ready, um, you, you could still maybe take those steps yourself and go. Um, and that might inspire them to step out of denial as they see the freedom that you discover, um, as well as other women around you. Um, or men, if you're a man listening today, um, as you take that step, you might inspire other people around you to do to do that who are in similar situations. Um, and I wanted to read this verse. First uh, Peter three one through two tells us, um, wives in the same way submit yourselves to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. And, you know, so this is really done in a respectful manner. Um, What I would encourage is a conversation that looks more like you sharing with your spouse, honestly, what you are struggling with yourself and a desire to change those things that you don't want to continue doing things the same way that you've always done them and that you're ready for some change and you would like to give Christian recovery a try. Um, and then maybe even ask them if they would be interested in, in going together, you know, just encourage them. I would love to go together if you're interested instead of telling them that this is something they need. Um, because what I've found is that sets them on the, the defensive, um, right off the bat. So even if they decide not to go with you at first, if we each honor God and surrender to him control of our lives, the Bible says that we will find more peace. And when the other spouse sees the change in you, and believe me, there will be change, you won't have to convince them. It's evident in your behavior and in, in how you live and how you respond. When Josh started going to CR initially, I saw the change in him. And it's truly what what made me want it. For, I wanted what he had. I wanted it for myself. He didn't have to guilt or shame me or tell me, Katie, you need this too. Um, I wanted it. And, I, you know, honestly, I would not have had the same experience if I was going because he told me to go um, or if I was going to please him. So as a believer, all of us are living to glorify the Lord first and foremost. That relationship needs to come before any other relationship in our lives. And when we do that, all the other relationships in our lives will benefit. So um, I hope that this was an encouragement for you today. And I just hope that you heard in our voice, our desire, um, our voices, you know, the desire for for marriages to find healing. And it really starts with each person in the marriage, just surrendering control and allowing Jesus to bring healing um, to each other first and then together as a couple. Um, So with that, we're just going to close with a prayer over you today. Josh, would you mind um, just closing in prayer, a prayer over the listener today? Absolutely. And I I think I made reference to it a little earlier, but um, the serenity prayer, I believe, is powerful. And so I want to pray that over your listeners today and to that one person that may be going through hard times. So wherever you're at, if you can, you know, close your eyes and kind of just 
listen and think through this prayer. It begins with this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. stuck, maybe in your relationship with God, yourself, or other people in your life. As a professional life and relationship coach, I can help you discover unhealthy patterns and mindsets that are holding you back from experiencing more fulfilling relationships and stepping into that God-sized calling in your life with confidence. You can email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com or go to bit.ly forward slash anchoredindiscovery to schedule your free 20-minute discovery session with me to see how we can partner together. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored in Always. I will put all of these links in the show notes for you. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Please take a quick minute to subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.